0: Behind every success story, there is a long line of triumphs and defeats that remain hidden from others. These stories get condensed into journeys that minimize the struggle and wrap up with a happy ending. We know that's not how life works. That's where From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay comes in. On today's show, you'll hear honest conversations about the challenges that Mark's guest faced and how they overcame adversity. Now, here is your host, Mark Azoulay. Welcome
1: back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay. I'm sitting here with returning guest, Melissa Barbash. Melissa, welcome back.
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This so, time fully excited,
1: fully excited. I know. I yeah, think last sorry. time it was like 50, <laughs> 50.
2: Yeah. I'm creeping but,
1: up. <laughs> but you're ratcheting up that number. Yeah. yeah. So in your previous episode, you've talked about, um, you know, dating someone with an addiction and kind of the trauma that that caused and kind of working through that, learning how to trust, learning how to connect, um, learning how to kind of like find yourself again, right. Individuate and, and get over and work through that codependency. Um, and now we're talking about, okay, now what, right? Like, like you've, you did the hard work and now how do you take that next step? How do you move towards marriage? Like what does the future planning look like for you?
2: I, um, that hard step, maybe I made it sound like it, it was quick and easy. Um, so <laughs> that hard step, uh, has been years and years in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's next for me is I am getting married Uh, not to that person, obviously Uh, (laughs) somebody else, um, somebody I've been with for 11 years. Um, and I am not somebody that ever wanted or needed to get married. Uh, and so this is a brand new idea for me and a brand new life choice. Um, and you know, it, it brings a lot of terror with it, but I feel, um, I feel good about my decision also. Um, so, yeah, I just when you were talking about the old relationship, um I got this image of like, oh am I am I really done being in uh relationships that are difficult? I don't think so, but uh I wouldn't say that this one is easy all the time, but I definitely uh feel loved and can talk with him all the time about what I'm feeling. so that's that's really good.
1: I mean, that's a big step forward, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? But like, it's not easy. I don't think any relationship's is easy, but I think that communication and that ability to repair after ruptures is critical.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be helpful. Uh, do you want to know a little bit about my ideas around marriage?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was going to cue you oh, in well. on is like, yeah, I think you're not alone. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'll never get married or that's not for me. So yeah, tell me yeah. a little bit about like where that came from and what that, it's like
2: um i don't think it's for everybody and i know that there are a lot of ways to be in relationships particularly now and i'm kind of jealous that i didn't grow up in kind of the normalcy Mm -hmm. of being in polyamorous relationships or non-monogamous just kind of more experimentation in the world um but my parents got divorced when i was really young when i was three Um, obviously I don't consciously remember any of that, but from, from like that life forward, I saw my dad get married to the woman that he had been with. Um, and he's with her still, but my mother never was married and she's with the same person for 25 years and my aunt, same person for 30 years. So the women in my life that I was very attached to were not, uh, were not married and made relationships work, and were very strong-minded also uh, in those relationships. So I, I don't think it was a conscious like, this is how I grew up, so this is the choice I'm going to make. I just think it was a really good example of you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, or there's so many ways to be in relationship that you don't have to be in this traditional route um, so I really liked being shown that there were different ways to show up in relationships. Um, so I really don't I, I wasn't like so my partner used to say with his friends, like they'd they'd say, like, oh, why aren't you married? And he'd say, Oh, you know, Melissa comes from a family, and I'm like, eh, no, no, this isn't a Melissa only thing. Um, and it's not only because of that. You know, there are a lot of other factors that go into why I didn't want to be married. Um, and so I think that upbringing is one part of it, Mm -hmm. um, or, or what you see relationally is one part of it, but there were so many other emotional parts of me, um, that didn't want to be married and have, has now made this decision, um, very consciously and very, um, intentionally too. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. What are some of those other emotional parts? What are the factors besides the family and the modeling?
2: Um, Well, I don't like the idea of where marriage originated from um, Mm -hmm. and owning property. Um, You know, I was too young to know that when I kind of decided that I didn't want to be married anyway. This is a long time ago. I was like in my teens. I couldn't see myself. I couldn't envision myself married. Um, It just didn't make sense for me. Um, But the terrifying, I think there's a terrifying idea of living life in, um, without any individuation. So without any sense of self, um, and that was terrifying for me. So kind of, even if someone didn't believe this, the idea of belonging to someone or the idea of having to change who I was for somebody else or um, produce, kind of in these societal expectations of, well, once you're married, then you have kids. Like I didn't want anybody to dictate the decisions that I was making. And it felt like marriage was one way into that. Um, I think that's one one of those concepts. Um, the other one is, uh, so, you know, I've been in a lot of not wonderful relationships where um the person is just abandoning and abandoning all the time, and I wasn't going to commit to something that I couldn't feel um, that I couldn't feel uh, secure in. um so and i I do feel secure. and I really wanted it to be my choice like i I, I want the other person to have a choice, obviously, <laughs> um, but I didn't want any pressure. I didn't want any, this is how it's supposed to be. I didn't want any familial pressure. I just want to be able to make this huge life commitment decision for me and not because I'm doing it for anybody else. And I think that that gets lost sometimes.
1: Yeah. I'm really interested in this, like distinction between a long-term partner and marriage, like the word, like the M word, right? The marriage word itself. And maybe I grew up a little bit more conservatively or more classically, but I don't think I ever made that distinction, right? Like that there's a difference between that and, you know, like, like my parents, the relationship can be rocky and has been rocky, but I don't, I never attributed it to like marriage versus just like the person that you pick, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do understand that marriage comes with giant connotations for a lot of people. And I think, I think for women, especially too, right? It's such a huge deal. Um, so can you say a little bit about like the difference that your mind drew around being married versus dating someone for, you know, 11 years?
2: Um, my mind just went a little blank because I was listening to you <laughs> and I was just imagining something in my mind and then it went blank. Um, I fought for the other side of the distinction. Yeah. So, um, Maybe I don't like conformity, um, and expectations of what women are supposed to do. Um, and that feels like a really big expectation. Um, maybe not anymore. You know, I don't know if that's an expectation for everybody now, but that's what it felt like, um, so I would argue, well, it is just a piece of paper. So why do we have to do that? Um, so kind of, I was arguing the other side of that. So what is the difference? Um, so I think that it was to stay in this place of not being in relationship because somebody else thought that that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Like I I can understand marriage for love, um, but I... I really balk at the marriage for, uh, because you're supposed to, mm-hmm. um, or because it means more than being with somebody for 11 years. Um, be, for me, it doesn't like mean more love wise to me. Um, Cause I've already bought a house with this person. I've already invested my life with this person. Like, so for me, that's not true. Um, But I I do understand what you're saying. Um, I, I, for some people, it's not a difference. I think there is a lot uh, around gender uh, for me. um, I think so, yeah. uh, That that I'm just kind of talking through right now with you. Um, And I guess it's important to say that, you know, in really destructive, addicted relationships, you really lose all of who you are, um, or you can lose all of who you are and just do everything for the other person. And so the idea of like having to face that loss of self again is just too much to bear. Um, so I fight to keep like who I am. And I think part of who I am is believing that a relationship can look many different ways. And as, as long as a person accepts me for that, like it doesn't try to push me, then I think I can uh, trust that person a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think I can relate on the nonconformity piece, right? Of like not wanting to fall into the default or not wanting to have like ownership over your decisions, right? Having it just be like, well, I'm doing this because of cultural pressure or society pressure or gender pressure or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and I'm curious what you just said there at the end of like loving or trusting that somebody doesn't want to change you. Right. Or doesn't want you to be somebody for them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. Right. Cause it's like, i say from my own experience, like I have all kinds of like hopes and dreams and agendas. And sometimes I'm very pushy about them with my partner. Mm-hmm. Right. hundred percent. Right. Like I, you know, just like I have hopes, dreams and stuff with myself. Um, and it's like, realizing that she's going to make her own decisions too, but also not wanting to be entirely hands-off or like entirely like not saying what my opinion is about stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's that's like a, a trap that I fall into personally quite a bit of not knowing like does expressing my opinion and also being like Jewish, right? Does expressing my opinion mean that I'm trying to control somebody? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But sometimes I think it could be perceived that way. Especially if the person is not, into that used to like cultural affinity of like debate and like bickering back and forth, right? Yeah. It can all of a sudden start to feel like pure pressure, and yeah. not feel like a conversation. You know, it's, it's kind of a wiggly way of talking about that. But say a little bit about that distinction that I think you have.
2: Um, I feel like I want to defend you all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> um, and or maybe my partner, um, and say that like I I definitely know that there are things that he wants to change about me um or things that i would want to change about him Mm -hmm. for sure um and as long as we talk through those things and i think i'm thinking about changing the fundamentals of who i am Mm -hmm. and um it's hard to talk about this without crying like um like just Do people ever cry on here?
1: People do cry on the show. It
2: just changed my whole life for somebody else. Yeah. Um, And like everything about myself, like to make sure he stayed alive. Um, So I don't want to appear as though I'm in charge and like my partner has to not marry me if I say I don't want to get married I just um don't ever want to do that again and so I'm very I'm very forthcoming now about what I want in my life and what I can't have um so yeah I don't know if that answered your question but that's what I was experiencing as you were talking
1: yeah I mean I think what what I'm hearing and please correct me. Um, so you don't want to go back to being codependent, right? And you don't want to like betray your values or betray your whole lifestyle because if it sounds like in your case, fear, right? Because you fear for this other person and you don't want them to be hurt or hurt themselves um, and really get lost in a relationship.
2: Uh, Yeah, I totally, uh, <laughs> I can't stay with you when you use the word codependent. It's so hard for me because yeah. um, it like, I, I, I think I said this before, like, I don't like that description to describe me like I, I, um, I, I want to change that word to like, um, something else. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be completely, uh, lost in my emotion anymore. Or be
1: consumed by it or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like devoid or something I don't know what the words are, but something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't wanna keep telling you not to say codependent. You can say whatever you like.
1: You can keep telling me. <laughs> I might still say
3: it. You can, <laughs> okay.
2: you
1: keep me. Um, well, we're gonna we'll deep diving into this. We gotta move to our first commercial break right now, but we'll keep diving into it when we get back.
0: Are you disenchanted by the saccharine-laced stories that you were told when you were younger? Behind every success, there is a hidden journey filled with triumph and defeat. On From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay, you'll hear about the challenges that our guests had to overcome to become the successful people that they are today. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark m-a-r-c-azuley-a-z-o-u-l-a-y.teachable.com. are listening to from the ashes with mark azule to reach the show today please call 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to podcast at mark-azule.com now back to from the ashes welcome back
1: to the show i'm sitting here with melissa barbash and we're talking about really like maintaining individuality in a relationship yeah you know um and I think it's something that's really hard and and I I do want to respect that I think in most of you were in like you sound like you crossed a lot of your own personal lines you probably acted in you know counter to some of your values and like you said you you lost yourself in the emotions um and you lost yourself in like the intensity um and and the fear and that's that's shitty I mean that's like a really tough position to be in
2: yeah i think that sums it up well like not that we're done talking about it but i think that's a good summary of uh what it was like and i can understand though how that amount of trauma in a relationship can enhance my need to individuate and also uh Decrease my ability to uh, maybe uh, negotiate or uh, be intimate in particular ways. Um, so, not only did that give me that relationship, you know, give me more insight into what I wanted and why I wanted it, and gave me more strength. Um, it really fucked me up, like for a long time, where I couldn't, and sometimes still can't, like just give the other person um it's it's too difficult it's too like um taxing there, there are a lot of factors to it but I'm aware that I can be um um what do you think the word is I'm I'm kind of I'm trying to think of like what the word is for like uh rigid
1: mm-hmm. um protected guess, defended maybe
2: yeah yeah but yeah. like with It it sounds odd to say, but with open ears, too. Yeah. Like, I I can be rigid in my needs, um, but I've always been open, like, it's okay if these needs don't match yours. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to love you any less, but I also need to tell you about them. Like, I remember telling my partner, I think, I don't remember if I told you this, but like, right when we got to, not right when we got together, like, maybe a year in, I said, Uh, I don't know if I ever want to get married and I can't promise you that'll change. And I don't think I want kids and I don't think that will change. Um, And so like, I wasn't trying to say, you better sign on for this. Like, this is the way it's going to be. I was really saying, I know this about myself. And if, if you are somebody that waits for someone else to change their mind about something really huge I want you to know that I'm probably not going to do that.
1: Yeah. Like don't bet on that.
2: Yeah. I don't want to hurt somebody after right. so many years. And like, and also this expectation, like, Oh, she'll change her mind. You know, people want to get married. People want to have kids. And I'm like, I, I really need you to hear me. Um, and and he's been really good about hearing me. Um, I feel like I sound really bossy.
1: No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but I think that you're highlighting, that line, right? Of like, I kind of, what we were talking about, it's like, how do you vocalize your needs without feeling controlling or being controlling? Mm -hmm. And I think that means like, trusting that the other person can say no, or Mm -hmm. the other person could push back. But like, and it's something I'm working on actively in my relationships, I don't have an answer, right? But like, I think some people can't push back and they can't say no, or at the very least they struggle with it, especially in intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it gets really muddy. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it gets really muddy, right? Where it's like, I want to insert myself or be an in, or initiate or do something. And I don't, I can't always trust that my partner will tell me if I've gone too far or tell me if that's not something that they enjoy. Um, and they might not know that until after the fact, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, wow, like I didn't want to do that at all.
3: <laughs> right?
1: yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, I think that's where the conflict arises, you know, of just like, shit, like how do you negotiate two, two individual entities in a relationship? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, so that's one point. Point two is, I think I talked about it on a previous episode, but what I'm going through right now is like, actively grieving being single. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, talking to women and flirting and doing all that and parting. Like, I think that's like service level. It's like having autonomy. So I'm curious your thoughts on that, right? Of like, like truly not having to consider anybody in my decision-making, being like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make the choice that's like right for me. I'm just going to do it. And like, there's no barrier to that choice because either I do it or I don't like, it's just very simple
3: yeah. in
1: that way. And I, and I'm really, really struggling with that, like really missing that. Um, for me, it's in service of, of a good thing of family building, but it's like having to like deeply consider somebody else mm-hmm. is, is hard. Like in that, I don't know how to do it all the time. And I think I miss a tune a lot, um, and hard in that, like, I'm losing a lot of it or I've lost a lot of autonomy,
3: yeah. you
1: know?
2: Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying more because I, I listened to your last episode and I was very intrigued about how you were talking about you and Caroline. So I like that you said a little bit more. Um, God, I grieve my single life all the time. And I've, I've been with this person for 11
1: years. Right. <laughs> no, so. Yeah. So doesn't, it doesn't get better.
2: Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it does, mm-hmm. but I think my grief is around, um, i am somebody that can that can love and i, I do believe that i could love again re- like if if something terrible happened um so it's this idea of not going through that with anyone ever again um like the idea that uh, this is the person that i'm choosing to love or we're saying the rest of our lives. And I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm very pragmatic. And I, obviously I came from a family where somebody cheated. Um, and so I, I'm not saying that my partner would do that or I would do that, but I I'm saying, I know that relationships break.
3: Mm.
2: Um, but you know, there's a little bit of grief around not having sex for the first time again, you know, not um going out with my girlfriends in a particular way to like what you're talking about, flirt and be out in the world. Um, but when I was struggling, like the transition from from my old partner to this partner was, it, it was just tough. And it was, I didn't do a good job of separating myself from not being in relationships, so I jumped quickly. I mean, I didn't give myself enough time to process. So a lot of my time in this relationship has also been processing my grief from the other relationship. And my partner's really kind about that. I, I work with a lot of people who say like, my partner doesn't want me to talk about my exes. And I'm like, I, I don't even know how I could live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's, so, um, it's so like um, silencing about a very important part of my life. Mm. Um, So my grieving my single self, yes, right? Like I don't want to think about anybody else sometimes. I mean, that's one of the reasons I never had a dog. (laughs) Uh, I had cats so that I could not, you know, they would be fine if I was out all night. Um, So no, it's a lot easier for me to think just about myself. Um, But uh, I guess I really try we're not gonna have kids. So I have the luxury of really only having to think about another person. Um, (laughs) You only gotta
1: do do one.
2: Yeah, I think about my family all the time, right? Like, and I care, like I'm there for them and I care for them and I'm a caretaker and all of that. But like, that is part of the reason too, I'm not having kids is that Mm -hmm. I have the capacity to be there for a certain number of people. And I don't have that capacity. I really feel like I took that in a weird direction, but or not a weird direction, a really like long direction, but I think I answered your question about grief
1: it is yeah you 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 went the long way, but no <laughs> i'm i'm um i'm I'm connecting with that, right I mean, like I don't know, for instance, like over the summer, right like Caroline unfortunately got really sick, she had shingles, which was horrible and lasted like way too long, right, and there were multiple weekends where like we had plans to go hiking or to go camping or whatever, and I canceled those, right? Or, or we canceled those, and I think it was the right call. But even just again, I feel like such like a baby sometimes because it's like even the idea of if I had been like, okay, I'm going to go without you because it's important to me. This is like my identity. Being outdoors is very important to me. Mm-hmm. I still would be thinking about her, right? Like I can't not think about her because my identity includes her now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as strange as that might sound, like that's new to me. Like I've never had that. It's always been very simple of like, yep, I'm just going to like go hiking or not go hiking and it's going to be fine. There hasn't been this like level of complexity on top of that mm-hmm. of like, oh, but like, what about, you know, so-and-so back at home? Or what about like, if they're going to be upset with me or what if they like didn't really didn't want me to go, but then I went anyway. And then like, we fight about it two days later, right? Like just all this kind of like
0: mm-hmm. spin
1: that whether or not that stuff's true, it will take me out of the experience, right? Because I'm I'm just like considering another person, which yeah. I've heard from the therapist that it's like that's a beautiful thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's the antidote to loneliness, which I, I think I agree. Like being connected like is good. But I think I think both of us talking about this kind of this other side of connection. Yeah. Right. Um, which could lead to, you know, overmerging or lead to a lack of individuality or lead to um I see it happen a lot of couples, something I'm very afraid of is like going to lowest comp denominator, like just like sitting at home, watching TV and eating all day long because there's that's the only, that's like the baseline. You know what I'm saying? Like just like yeah. l- becoming a blob, right? Like just kind of like blobbing together.
2: Yeah, um, I that totally happens. Yeah. Like after this, for me, this amount of time and then we just talk about it and shift it and like kind of always are paying attention to it. I think part of the reason to marry my partner is that he's, (laughs) I mean, extremely open to talking about how we're not functioning as a couple anymore. Um, or how we need to shift that. Um, it's interesting that you were talking about like that that's new for you. Um, it it, it started making me think that it's not new for me to think about somebody else. Um, it's new for me to think about myself.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, So I don't struggle with whether or not somebody's on my mind. Um, I used to struggle with how much they were on my mind and how much I would have to like incapacitate myself to show up for them. So now I could, if, if if like Caroline were my partner and like, you know, or I'll use my partner. (laughs) Um, so, you know, struggles, we both struggle with back problems. Um, but I've spent a lot of my life, uh, making sure that the other person is okay and not alone and like that they feel nurtured and, and everything. And I can do that now and still go on the camping trip. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think I could do that a long time ago. It would be purely focused on the other person. Um, yeah. I think it's important to say that my single self is uh, few and far between actually. Uh, so I am I might be grieving a part of myself that didn't have a lot of room to exist uh, for a long time, you know, kind of after college. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you might be, it sounds like you're finding that now actually.
3: hmm
2: yeah. Right, yeah, over the past uh, uh, I don't know seven eight, nine ten, I don't know how many years now, mm-hmm. but yes, it's it's really coming into like my vision now, like how much other people are in my mind, like my sister when I was growing up or mm-hmm. you know thinking about um my mom when she was sick, you know, still thinking about when I was, you know, I had an autoimmune thing. How about I was impacting other people if they were mad at me. Um, But I mean, I, I cannot only take care of somebody else. Like it's, it's, it's just, I can't do it anymore. So it seems like maybe we're, um, you and I are meeting somewhere in the middle on this uh, somehow.
1: I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. I I think we're like on opposite or start on opposite ends of the spectrum and trying to move towards the center, right? Of like remaining individuals in a partnership Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, mine's the opposite. I mean, I think I, for a variety of reasons, like built a lot of walls between me and everybody else and like had a very like self-centered, myopic, almost narcissistic, like viewpoint for a long time. Right. i think some of that was born from pain i think some of that was born from like grandiosity i think you know um my story comes out bits and pieces i guess but like yeah like letting someone in like that's the scary part mm-hmm. um and like for me i'm still on like level one i guess which is like letting um someone be on my mind i don't even think i can comprehend as you were talking like being on somebody else's mind like like me being the object that needs care or the object that is concerned that has concern directed at it. Like that's a whole nother like thing.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm with you there. That's, uh, that's hard. That's taken a while. Yeah. That's also part of the reason I'm getting married. It sounds like ridiculous reasons, but they're very important reasons to me. I think they're good reasons. They are like that, that I can allow someone else to take care of me.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. Um, We got to move to our final commercial break here, but when we come back, I want to hear more about that. Um, this episode just flying by.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: well, I want to hear more about that, and I want to hear about some of the reasons, you know, why you're getting married. Uh, I think yeah. that'd be really interesting. So, yeah, if you're listening, hang on in there, and we'll see you on the other side of commercial break.
0: Are you disenchanted by the saccharine-laced stories that you were told when you were younger? Behind every success, there is a hidden journey filled with triumph and defeat. On From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay, you'll hear about the challenges that our guests had to overcome to become the successful people that they are today. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark a-z-o-u-l-a-y.teachable.com. You are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at mark-azoulay.com. Now, back to From the Ashes.
1: Welcome back to the final segment of From the Ashes. Sitting here with Melissa Barbash, and we're talking about getting married. Uh, not to each other, but to our own partners, um, and we're talking about some of the reasons why, and kind of going through um, the evolution. Uh, I think that they, that you've gone through. So I'll let you kick it off. So what are some of those some of those reasons? I mean, you mentioned one at the end of the last segment, which was trying to allow yourself to be cared for by another person. That I think had some charge around it, but yeah, what comes to mind? Um. Uh,
2: so I. I think that it's important for me to have somebody that can demonstrate that they want to and that they can care for me. Mm -hmm. I don't need a lot, uh, like I don't need a lot of care. Like I've been through a lot of problems without care, Um, but that doesn't mean I never need it. And this person shows up when I need it. And even (laughs) even if he doesn't like it all the time, Um, I don't have to hear about it. Um, so it's really important to me that someone can show up for me and take care of me if I really need it and not complain about it.
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: because that's like one of my huge triggers is like, if I need something, which I rarely need and the person's going to complain about it, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Mm -hmm. And I like will just want to get away from the person and it'll make me never want to ask for help again um, because I just rarely do. And so if I'm going to be somebody's um, like. I don't feel like a burden, but if someone's going to. Basically tell me that I am when I ask for so little, I know that that person can't. Handle, you know, what's coming. Um, in the years to come, because who knows what will happen? I already have had medical problems. Um, and I, I really do take a lot of care of myself. Uh, so that's one reason. Um, I also want somebody who likes that I individuate and doesn't need me around all the time, wants me around sometimes and like loves being around me, but is happy when I go away.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, fair. I have the same idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um I wonder if I can explain it this way. Um so when when Evan say when Evan uh, uh asked me to marry him, I was we had talked about it. So I didn't want to be surprised. I because I, I didn't want to hurt him if I didn't want to also. So and I think it's a mutual decision. Um so I was freaked out. Um, even though I had said, (laughs) like, let's talk about it. I, I didn't know that it was coming. So even though I had said, yes, let's talk about it and everything. I was like paralyzed when he was talking. I don't even know if I heard everything that he said. Um, Because I was like,
1: blacked out for a minute. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) It was like, what do you want from me? Why do you want me to change? Like all these, you know, old thoughts went through my Mm -hmm. head. Um, And then I came home and I was like, I think this is, he knows who I am. Like he's very accepting of my needs. Um, And, and also says like, if I don't want this, Melissa, I won't be in this relationship. So I've been in relationships where people have been like, you should break up with me. And I'm like, ugh,
3: I I hate
1: that. Hate that, hate that. Like, yeah, it's no respect there
2: yeah and i and then it's all my responsibility so i know i'm all over the place but i i i've just started to like write my non-traditional vows and i've been thinking about that question right like what do i want to say what do i want to how do i want to give the idea that like this is something that i'm happy to do and my choice um and The other day I said to him like, oh, this date, I'll remember this date when we're old and possibly have dementia. Um, So like, this will be an easy date to remember when I'm old. And he was like, I really like that you're thinking about us getting old together. And I think those things are what tell me that I'm okay to get married. Like, I'm not afraid of that. If I have to get out of this relationship, I know that I can, like Mm -hmm. I can talk to him about it. If I'm unhappy, I can talk Mm -hmm. to him about it. Um, And I think another thing is that I think we stopped fighting about who does what and who provides for who. And like none of this 50-50 bullshit, like 50-50 is non-existent, it just doesn't happen. And, you know, he came into the relationship with not a ton of relational experience. And so it was very like 50-50. So it was, it's, it's been a long time of me like digging my heels in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he had, you know, he, he decided to, I guess, learn about himself more and see if that's what he really felt. Mm-hmm. And if he did, it's okay and he could go find a different partner and that's okay but like he's wonderful and he it tries and listens and learns about himself and like sticks up for himself and uh, somehow i welcome in his anger and i don't usually tolerate anger all that well uh, from other people i don't run away from it i'm kind of a an aggressor i guess mm.
1: um, escalator
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so is that going to confuse the audience? Did I actually, you've been tracking me. Did I actually give any reasons for why I want to give married? You get,
1: yeah, you gave like three good reasons.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I was all over the place. So I needed a little tracking there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you gave good reasons. I, I like that you gave, like it's clear that you've thought a lot about those reasons. And like you said, they're non-traditional reasons, but, and they're yours, mm-hmm. right? Like that's critical. Because like you said, you owning it is the biggest part of it. That you didn't want it to just be like a, Uh, an expectation or an obligation you know um that's not fair to him no it's not fair to you
2: yeah right yeah it's not fair to me and it's really I mean I like thinking if it's not fair to him like Mm -hmm. I don't want to get married to someone because I'm supposed to right why would I want to do that to him that's a that's a horrible way to show somebody I love them
1: yeah Um, yeah Because it's not real. It's just, it's not about them. It's about society or gender or whatever, like the family, right? It's whatever the like pressure is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was thinking about one of my, you know, non-traditional reasons. And one for me is that like, I actually really like the idea of a vow.
3: Mm.
1: Like that really speaks to me. Mm. I think as someone who is sober, like I made a vow, right? of, Of sobriety. I've made vows of my life around like not being abusive. I've made vows of like committing to friends and i think like, like that is twofold one it reduces the like decision space in my life which i actually really enjoy because i have a lot of decisions to make all day or every day and like yeah. offloading some of that to be like okay like this relationship like this is what it is i'm committing i'm taking a vow like this is my person mm-hmm. and I don't have to decide, well, I have to decide like what I want to do with them and how we resolve conflict. There's a lot of depth, obviously, but I don't decide like which person anymore.
3: Yeah. Right.
1: Like I know which person and that's very soothing to me. Um, and I think there's also this vow as far as like an identity piece as like dependability is a very big value of mine. Like I want to be able to depend on myself and be someone that can be depended on Mm. and like taking vows, and things like that are very meaningful. So, so the ceremony to me is meaningful. I, I mean, we will do our own spin on it. I know yeah. for sure. Um, but that like that vow component and like the promise component um, is really attractive to me. I'm, I'm curious what you think about that piece. Uh, like, like the commitment, because ultimately, I mean, yeah, there are of course, like oppressive background of like property exchange. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> and, I th-
1: and I think distilled down, it is like a commitment ceremony, right? Like we are committing to each other um, with these rings or vows or whatever.
2: Well, I'm glad that you said that because I, I don't want it to sound like the only reason is because of property exchange. <laughs> like,
1: like yeah, the there's there's more to the ritual. I mean, it's not so just like letting yeah. buy your daughter from your dad, <laughs> right?
2: Like, <laughs> and there's so much more to like why marriage. The idea of marriage was difficult. That's just yeah. a piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like my parents are just a piece of it. Um, a couple things came to mind when you were talking about vows. I forget the other thing, so maybe it'll come back. But with respect to vows, um, uh, (laughs) what I first heard was like, oh shit, we're both Jewish. And I'm like, that sounds like um, religious to me in my mind, but it's not. Like it it, it just popped up this like religious, like fear thing that came up Mm -hmm. inside of me. So maybe that's why I've been like averse to the idea, who knows, Um, but that came up for me. And then it's interesting, because I don't know if I've ever made, I guess the only vow I feel like I've made is to make sure I um, stick with myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you
1: commit to yourself. That's an important one.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe, I guess I've made vows, like, over time, like, you know, I'll never leave you or whatever to my ex, but Mm -hmm. like... um, I've, I guess I've made vows in my head like I my, I will take care of my like mother, you know, right. no matter what. Um, but the only vow I can think of really distinctly knowing about is like really being true to myself over the last however many years. Um, I didn't have to I committed to a lot of things like right? school, work, whatever. Um, but I don't like to feel trapped Um, and um, marriage in my mind used to be the one of the ultimate traps um, or things that are very difficult to get out of. And you can't, I don't, I'm not even a person that gets out of things quickly, but that has to do with why I don't like feeling trapped because I stay and stay and stay and stay until I feel like desperate to get out. So it took a long time for me to see marriage as a choice and not a trap um, and a choice that I was making and not something someone else was holding me hostage in. Um, So I'm, I'm liking what you're saying about vows because I'm going to consider that because they're, you know, we're going to make vows to each other privately. And then in front of some family members and for me they're going to be different vows because I'm a kind of a private person with my vulnerability um that's why these podcasts are such a big deal for me to Mm. try um so I wish I could remember the other thing but I have no idea what it was Mm. so yeah
1: yeah I get really like I haven't started this process but I would be curious, of course, sharing whatever you want of like what your vows are. You know, maybe when we're not recording, right? But like, it, I have thought of like, okay, I'm not going to do the traditional vows. So if I'm going to throw that in the trash, like, what am I going to vow? And, and I think like the traditional vows is so much about like, you know, in sickness and death, like I'm going to commit to you, like I'm never going to leave you. Like that's kind of the thing. Is like we are together forever, you know, under God. So it has that religious piece too, yeah. right? Whereas I think right now I'm definitely ready to commit to like being honest. Like, I'll be honest with you. And even if that means that our relationship ends, like at least I'm not going to lie to you, right? I mean, like that's a vow that I think I can get behind. Yeah. I think I have like a vow of like, I will try to work out problems, mm-hmm. right? Like I will always talk to you before making a decision. And mm-hmm. I will always like try to like work through something rather than just cutting and running,
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know? Um, I think there's like a vow of like support and love. Like if you fall, I will try to pick you up right like there's there i think that's important to me yeah i was kind of like spitballing here but those are some vows that come to mind roughly i'll probably find more poetic ways of saying them but those are <laughs> those are some that come to mind of like okay what what do you want to commit to in you know the modern era right <laughs> uh,
2: i i started googling all like these non-traditional vows or like so i'm like putting together ideas oh, yeah. of of just kind of what questions to ask myself um one that I keep coming across is like, I vow to choose you,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like to talk with my feelings about, um, or to, I, I don't know exactly, there's something around choice that I like, uh, There, there's something in the non-traditional vows around choice. Um, it's been it's been difficult not to come up with reasons why I love this person, but ways to say it in my way mm-hmm. that, uh, doesn't feel like, you know, any other day that I could say these things. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I could say like, I, you know, I really like your sense of humor. Like I could say that any day. I want this to be a little bit different. Um, But I also exactly what you were talking about, like the traditional vows are like quite literally my my nightmare Mm -hmm. of like I'm committing to never being able to get away. I don't (laughs) want to get away, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like saying that is, I think, too hard for my nervous system.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So. I'm gonna find a way to say, I want to be with you and I want to marry you. And I intend to stay in this relationship in a way that's my own uh, way of committing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's important, right? I mean, I've been to so many weddings that to me, I don't know about the bride and groom, but to me have felt like rote, Mm
3: -hmm. right?
1: And have felt like we're just going through the motions and we're just like little like, you know, Barbie doll and Ken going through it and uh, what I'm hearing for you and it's true for me too it's like I think it has to be real
3: mm-hmm. you,
1: like both yes. of us have done too much work and do this work as therapists that like it has to be real yes
3: yeah right.
2: I or else what's
1: the that. point
3: right
2: yeah I don't want it to be like uh, formulated yeah
1: right you don't want to like cosplay as a as a bride right
2: um <laughs> <laughs> well, no I don't
1: we have to wrap up here. This is open by super fast. Um, in our last couple of moments, Melissa, uh, if people want to learn more about you, where could they mm-hmm. find you online? There's a little bit of an abrupt ending, but here oh. we are at the end.
2: <laughs> they can just Google my name and they'll find my website. Um, it's a little bit easier than saying it, but it's recovermecounseling.com. Uh, but they can Google Melissa Barbash and that should be easiest.
1: Yeah, check it out. She's a phenomenal counselor, a wonderful person, a great friend. If you need any help with any of this stuff, um, <laughs> Give her a call, reach out. All right. Well, that's the end of our show. Um, If you're enjoying From the Ashes, uh, please leave us a five star review. Please share it with somebody who is maybe going through something similar, needs to hear some of these words. And until next time, I'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for joining host Mark Azoulay on From the Ashes. Be sure to tune in again live next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Meet Triumph and Defeat and treat those two imposters the same.